to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. This is the podcast that helps you make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Hello, hello, Sarah McKenzie here. You've got episode 98 of the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. I'm really excited about today's show. It's a good one. And I had such a great conversation with today's guest. If you have kids who you're hoping to teach a foreign language to, you're going to love today's show. We're talking about foreign language acquisition through reading aloud. It's a good one. So before we get to the show, I want to make sure you know you can text the word books to the number 345-345 to get our free read aloud book list. That's the word books to the number 345-345. Or if you don't text, you can just head to readaloudrevival.com. Pop your email into the page there. We'll send you a book list for free. Okay, let's get to the show. So many of us want to share new languages and cultures with our kids, but... We don't know where to start if we're not bilingual ourselves. Well, today's guest has some ideas for us. Anne Guinara has a BA in comparative literature from Bryn Mawr and a PhD in Spanish from the University of Virginia. She's also got two sons whom she's educating bilingually at home where they live in Washington, D.C. She runs a website called Language Learning at Home. That's languagelearningathome.com. And That site's goal is to help homeschooling families study foreign languages better while enjoying the process. One of her biggest recommendations are books, of course, and books are something we do really well here at Read Aloud Revival. So I can't wait to jump into this conversation. Anne, welcome to the Read Aloud Revival. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so excited to be with you today. I am too. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Before we start, do you want to give us a little like maybe background on how old your kids are or, you know, I don't know, when you started studying Spanish or something fun like that? Sure. So I was doing the math in my head today and I realized that I have been studying Spanish for 15 years now. Um, But I actually didn't start studying Spanish until I was in college. And I basically started studying it by accident. As a high schooler, I had actually planned to major in French. And as a senior, when I got into college, I signed up to live in the French language dorm because I was so excited about this idea. But when I arrived on campus and I took my college's proficiency exam, what I discovered was that although I had taken French classes all through high school and I had done the assignments and learned the verb conjugations, I actually was very, very incompetent at speaking the language. So I scored really low and I placed into the class that was known as baby French. And so, you know, that's a boost for your confidence, right? I know, (laughs) I know. So, you know, my 17 year old self took that and said, never mind, I'm going to major in Spanish, which I had not really studied. So you never studied (laughs) Spanish like in high school or anything before that? I had taken one year as an elective, as a senior. And it was, you know, my choice was between taking an additional AP science or taking Spanish. Oh, yeah. So that's a no brainer. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So. That was the the extent of the exposure that I had to it. But I started in baby Spanish in college. And it was actually a wonderful experience because starting over in, in learning a foreign language helped me to realize that I really needed to understand how to learn a foreign language. Hmm. So what I discovered 
you know, over, over studying Spanish throughout college was that so much of language proficiency and learning to become fluent in another language is like learning to play a musical instrument. So at the beginning, you're learning individual notes and how to read music. And in the case of language learning, that would be something like vocabulary words or verb conjugations. And it takes a lot of deliberate and repetitive practice to be able to put those things together mm-hmm. to actually make music or, you know, for language learning to actually be able to communicate in that language. And that's what I didn't understand as a high school student, but discovered as a college student. So I was really grateful for that impulsive decision to start over and learn another language because it taught me so much about the process of language learning itself. This is really interesting to me because I think what I hear you saying is basically you have a unique perspective because you can almost sidestep that whole curse of knowledge that most of us suffer under once we've learned how to do something well, we kind of forget how hard it was to begin it. But because you began it as basically a young adult, like an adult, you know, you have that experience in the not too distant past of what it feels like to be at square one and then figuring out what it's going to take. So I think that's really cool because I think that probably gives you a helpful perspective on where our kids are when they're starting basically at square one as well. Absolutely. And I think learning languages as an adult has definitely given me a unique perspective on what students can do to make themselves successful. Because I had to really think through that process in a sort of metacognitive way about figuring out, okay, how do I study this subject? Which, to be honest, I think learning to study a foreign language taught me how to study many other subjects well also. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. So now you speak Spanish at home with your kids, right? I do. And your husband, he speaks Spanish? He does. He was a French major. So that was part of my interest in French. We're high school sweethearts. <laughs> I love it. Oh, the tail gets yeah, juicier. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're high school sweethearts. We had discussed studying abroad in Paris together as college students. We went to different colleges. I went to an all women's school, but we thought, you know, maybe our junior years, we'll meet up in Paris and we'll become this like dream team of French speakers. But, you know, I jettisoned that plan pretty quickly. <laughs> Um, Everything changes, honey, because I'm doing Spanish. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but that said, so languages are are a passion of our family. And my husband and I also both speak Portuguese as well. So uh, languages are a big thing for us. Yes. Okay. So how old are your kids? They are four and one. So we are just starting our parenting journey. Okay. And I am looking at a picture of them right now on your website, languagelearningathome.com. And they are adorable. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Yes, both two boys. And their names are Javier and Felix. Oh, okay. And so do you, when you're speaking with them at home, do you transition between Spanish and English and Portuguese too? Or do you, do you primarily speak one or another or French? Or I guess your husband speaks French, but do you speak French at all now? I read, for, I had to go back and learn French as a graduate student in order to complete my PhD. So I do read French, but my pronunciation is awful. So we don't, we don't speak any French in the home. Got it. I speak exclusively in Spanish to the boys. And my husband speaks probably about 50% Spanish, 50% English. Wow. Okay. That's so fascinating to me. So of course, at the Read Aloud Revival, we love books. We're always talking about books. Can you talk to us a little bit about how books can help our kids learn a new language? Absolutely. In terms of language learning, reading aloud in a foreign language offers all of the same benefits that you would get from reading aloud in a child's native language, like familiarizing children with complex grammar and vocabulary and helping them to become fluent in their their speech and reading of that language. And interestingly enough, Sarah, all the research that we have on language learning tells us that adding 
a foreign language to your child's study does not take away from their development in the first language. And the research that we have on the brain shows us that multilingual children actually become more verbally adept than monolingual kids because learning a second or third language adds to the brain's verbal processing skills. It doesn't take away from that ability. And I think obviously, you know, books are a very important part of getting kids to acquire that second, that second language. I think that there's two special advantages that reading aloud in a foreign language gives to children beyond those kinds of linguistic supports of learning the language itself. Okay. The first is that reading aloud to children in a foreign language maximizes the development of their emotional intelligence by teaching them to make meaningful comparisons across cultures and languages. So when children read books in another language, they learn to see how cultures and languages differ and how they're the same. And those meaningful comparisons ultimately broaden children's perspective on the world. And so, you know, I have some examples of that that I think will flesh out for your listeners yeah, yeah. what that Give looks me some like. Examples. That'd be helpful. So just sure. Okay. So let's talk about how this might work on a linguistic level. There are instances in the translation of a particular word that when children understand those differences, they can see multiple viewpoints of the world. So in French, for example, the word goldfish is actually poisson rouge, which translates literally to redfish. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so, so fun. It's actually so beautiful too. I kind of want to. I kind of want you to say it again. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I apologize to any native French speakers who are listening. Oh, I just thought it sounded gorgeous, but you know, I don't speak French, so. <laughs> I tried, I tried. But you know, so let's think about that for a second. I mean, that brings you up to the question, right? What color is that fish? Is it gold or is it red? Or maybe it's kind of a red gold, and like neither language is capturing that color perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so that leads you to think you know, is our perception of color tied to the language that we speak? Hmm. So, you know, just that one example Mm -hmm. of single word from French brings us to some pretty deep philosophical considerations. And so that's one of the really interesting ways, one of the kind of meaningful comparisons that kids can make when they speak more than one language. And another one is that knowing another language can broaden our children's perspective on the world from an even deeper level. So, there are some words in other languages that have no clear translation into English. And one of my favorites is the word saudade in Portuguese. So saudade means something like a melancholy nostalgia. And when you say that you have saudade, it means that you're missing something that you know you'll never get back. Mm. So you're longing for this thing in like a bittersweet way. And, you know, as you can just tell from my explanation, it took me a lot of English words to describe this very complex idea that's represented by a single word. One word, yeah, right. Right, one word. And so, but here's the even cooler thing. I think, you know, when you're, when a Portuguese speaker says that they're experiencing saudade, they're experiencing an emotion that doesn't exist in the English language. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so when our kids learn other languages and learn to relate to the world through other languages, they're getting access to a whole range of emotions and experiences that they otherwise wouldn't have known if they were to remain speakers of only one language. Yeah, I can totally see that. I also can, I can see how then whether they're, you know, learning the word goldfish or learning this other Portuguese word that I'm not going to try and pronounce, (laughs) it kind of breaks you out of thinking the way I see things is the way things are. You know, like that very narrow-minded 
thinking that we have about like the world exists as I see it. And from my one perspective is the one true way to see it, right? Kind of broadens our children's horizons to realize that there are, you know, infinite ways, number of ways to experience the world or to see the world. But this just sort of in a very concrete way shows that, you know, not everyone sees that goldfish and thinks goldfish, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right, right. Absolutely. And for me, actually, knowing another language and traveling to different countries and living there, one of the best things for me about that process and those experiences I've had is that it's helped me, like you say, from becoming too fixed in like one ideological camp. And one place in my life in which it's made a big impact is in my parenting. Because, you know, I've lived in, you know, five different countries now, and I see how parents do things differently in those places. And what it made me realize is that a lot of the things that we think are like essential parenting practices are actually really like culturally determined. So, you know, yeah, yeah, like, and, you know, that's, that's from like big picture to small picture. And, you know, for example, like all our friends in Mexico, their kids don't go to bed, like their babies don't go to bed till 10 p.m. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And we're all counting down. It's like 630 and we're looking at the clock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so they, they're pretty much horrified when we try to, you know, when we like leave a dinner to put our kids down to bed at like seven o'clock, they're like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we'll get back to today's episode in just a moment, but I wanted to take a minute to make sure you know that the brand new book, The Read Aloud Family, Making Meaningful and Lasting Connections with Your Kids is available now. This is a brand new book I wrote just for you because I know that you'll never regret the time you spend reading aloud with your kids. I also know that connecting deeply with our families can be really difficult in our busy, technology-driven, loud world, right? Reading aloud is one of the best ways to be fully present with our kids even after they can read themselves. In the book, The Read Aloud Family, you're going to find the inspiration you need to start a read aloud movement in your own home. You'll discover how to prepare your kids for academic success and develop their empathy and compassion through books. You'll find out how you can find time to read aloud even in the midst of your busiest days with school and sports and dinner dishes. You'll learn how to choose books across a variety of sibling interests and ages. And you'll learn how to make reading aloud the very best part of your family's day. The Read Aloud family offers some age-appropriate book lists. I've read every single book from cover to cover that's in this book. And there are almost 400 recommendations, I believe, at last count. From a toddler's wonder to a teenager's resistance, you're going to find practical strategies and the book recommendations to match so that you can make reading aloud a meaningful family ritual in your home. I believe reading aloud not only has the power to change your family, it has the power to change the world. The book's available now wherever books are sold, or you can head right to thereadaloudfamily.com to grab your copy today. Part of my work at Language Learning at Home is to encourage families to pursue language learning and give them the tools that they need to do that even if the parents don't speak another language themselves. Okay. So the good news that I have, Sarah, for you and for anyone else who might be listening is that we are in a moment, technologically speaking, in which we have so many resources that can help you. And the two that I would really recommend to families are first, audiobooks, yes. which 
Yes. It's actually a strategy that I have used with my children inspired completely by your show. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I had never listened to audiobooks before I started listening to the Read Aloud Revival. And I had never considered teaching my children how to listen to them before I started listening to the Read Aloud Revival. And luckily, you started doing this podcast when my, my older son was about, I think, six months or seven months old. Okay. So I remember listening to like your first shows with him in the bath. And and thinking, wow, like I could do this. But audiobooks in a foreign language are a great tool for families who don't speak a foreign language because they give kids lots of exposure to real language mm-hmm. in the target language. They give kids exposure to native speakers who have, generally speaking, neutral accents. So the narrators who are chosen for audiobooks are generally very easy to understand. And they're just convenient for a modern lifestyle because you can listen to your audiobooks in the car or you can listen to them during, you know, your kids can listen to it on the iPad during rest time or something like that. And so there's something that you can use in many different settings. And the other resource that I would recommend highly, which is very similar for parents who don't speak a language is to look up foreign language read alouds on YouTube. Oh, I've (laughs) never even thought of that. Okay. Yeah. There are so many thousands and thousands that have been uploaded by native speaking parents. Some of them are videos of the parents actually reading the book. And some are more like technological versions of read alouds where, for example, the words will track on the page almost like subtitles as the narrator reads them. So those are excellent because your child can see what word is being read since it's being highlighted as the narrator reads it. And they're still going through this story and getting the support of having images in front of them as well, which is actually what research shows us the best way to learn vocabulary in a foreign language is to connect new words to images. Oh, is that right? So it is. Yeah, that is definitely like the and that's when you think about it in terms of like your native language development, when you say the word cat to your child in English, if you're an English speaker, you know, they probably see a picture of a cat in their mind. Yeah. And so that's what you want to go for in foreign languages as well. Instead of having your child immediately go to the translation, you can help them develop that image in their mind by attaching it to pictures like in these picture books that are read aloud on YouTube. That's really okay. I had never thought of that. but That makes so much sense. I think on episode 83 of the podcast, Courtney, who's our read aloud revival community director, talked about how her daughter found the book Corre Pero Corre from... I'm sure you're cringing at my Spanish pronunciation there. (laughs) Let me try that again. (laughs) She found the Spanish version of Go Dog Go by P.D. Eastman at the library. And then when she's at home just for fun, you know, she puts the Spanish and the English versions next to each other. And because that's just it's really easy for her to decode and read in Spanish that way. And I thought that I'd never thought of that either. So I could see how picture books especially would be really useful either as read alouds on YouTube or, you know, getting the a different language from the library or, you know, wherever and being able to compare it with the picture book you have on hand at home. And that could probably be useful no matter what age your kids are, right? Absolutely. Picture books, you know, older children will go through them faster, but they're an equally useful pedagogical tool in terms of helping kids to develop vocabulary. So they are something that can be used with any age group. So would you recommend like a certain order of learning as far as, you know, first teach your kids a certain amount of vocabulary or grammar syntax and then move into reading aloud? Or would you, I mean, would you recommend having them watch YouTube videos, let's say, or listen to audiobooks of stories that they're already familiar with in a different language? Or how would you recommend going about that? 
I think that the latter situation that you describe is what I would generally recommend to parents. I recommend starting with a picture book that your child is already familiar with okay. so that they can focus on the language and not so much the narrative. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that they will be able to pay more attention to what's being read. If you yourself don't speak that language, then you can follow along with an audiobook. So oftentimes libraries like ours will have these bags that include an audiobook and the picture book in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. And so you can check out the whole kit and very easily listen to the book, the audiobook while you're following along in the picture book or even in the board book. They have board books available. So starting with those classic books that were your kids' favorite and using those as kind of your entryway into foreign language read-alouds is a great strategy. Yeah, I can see that being I mean, I can see that being a really quick way to get vocabulary too, because you've got the images, like you were saying, you've got the images right there in front of you as well. Absolutely. And you know, you can make that, you can extend that audio book or reading or read aloud as much as you want. That can be your basis for creating, you know, vocabulary flashcard review or for making like a memory game within the image of a fish and then the translate or the word for fish in the target language. And, you know, so you can do more to based off of that book to reinforce what they they have heard through their read aloud. So I guess my next question that's just kind of popping up now is, do you think there's a benefit to doing this if you aren't intending or if you don't feel like you have the skill necessarily to, let's say, teach your child to be completely fluent in another language? Is there a benefit to reading or to exposing them to these books in other languages, even if it's not necessarily your goal to help them be fluent in that language or even your what you think is your ability <laughs> maybe 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 more accurate i do think that there is a value to doing that and i think that that goes back to what i was saying earlier about teaching your kids to make meaningful comparisons yeah because by reading foreign language books and helping your children to see the differences between your native language and whatever the language that you're reading in is you're also teaching them about the way that their first language works, which I think for most of your listeners is probably English. So there's a kind of language learning process that goes on that also helps them to understand grammar and vocabulary in their native language. Yes. So there's a lot of value. There's a lot of value to learning a foreign language like for that purpose. And I think that this is something particularly that the homeschool community has caught on in terms of learning Latin. I and I, I think your that. family yeah. is studying Latin, right? Right. Um, so, we have in the past. We're not doing it currently, but my daughter okay. did four years of Latin and pretty much learned everything she knows about like grammar and sentence structure because of Latin, not because of English grammar. Ah, uh, yes. And you know what? I learned English grammar through studying Spanish. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So if I didn't, I had never heard. Okay. So I took Spanish in high school and I remember being completely baffled by this idea of conjugations. And yet my, my daughter who has been doing Latin declensions and conjugations since she was quite younger, you know, a lot younger when we're approaching high school level foreign language studies now, it's so much simpler. I mean, there's, she doesn't have the same kind of intellectual hurdles I had to jump because it's, she understands the way language works better. Because there's so much of that that crosses over regardless of what language you're studying, right? It's just basic understanding of how language works and how it changes based on how the words are used in a sentence. Absolutely. So I think giving kids that kind of framework is great. And also, I think, you know, we don't know what our children will grow up to be. We don't know what they'll be called to do. But 
knowing a second language is a skill that can be used in almost any profession. And including, you know, if your child never leaves their hometown, they may encounter speakers of other languages whom they want to be a friend or whom they'll be working with or whom they'll be serving in some capacity. So I think there's a lot of value to exposing kids to foreign language in order to give them the confidence that if they are in a situation in which they want to improve their language proficiency, that they have the basic tools and methods with with which to do that. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know that, especially in the way that our world is set up now and how we operate on this global economy that anyone's going to say, yeah, that was time wasted (laughs) learning another language. Uh, You say this on your website. You said, I want my kids to feel at home in both languages, not so that they can check a box on college admissions paperwork or gloat over their bilingualism, but so that they can befriend people from many different cultures around the world. It is my hope that their experience of language learning and cultural education will give them a rich understanding of our beautiful, diverse world and a humble desire to learn from and serve others. And that right there, I think, is all the reason that I need as a parent to want to expose my kids to other languages, because that's the same thing I want for my kids by exposing them to all these books, is this like diverse understanding of our beautiful world and all the different perspectives and ways people live and how we can love each other. And it's eye-opening and it's heart-rending. And I think a language could do that. Foreign language can do that in the same way a book can. And then the fact that we can help them learn another language through books just makes it all the sweeter. Absolutely, Sarah. I'm, I'm completely with you. Okay. So can you share some tips for helping us find good foreign language books? This is a question we hear, I don't know how often, very, very often. (laughs) People say, how can I, you know, I want my kids to find books in Spanish. That's one of the most common requests that we see in email and we don't know where to turn them. So I'm hoping that you can help us. Absolutely. Well, for families who are specifically looking for resources in Spanish, I would be happy to have you visit the resource library that I have available on my website which contains dozens and dozens of books, CDs like music and audiobooks and podcasts in Spanish that are ranked by proficiency level and that have descriptions that'll tell you a little bit about what they're about so that you can kind of match them to your child's interests. Okay, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. That's at languagelearningathome.com, yeah. right? That's right. Okay, yes. perfect. And we'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes. Great. Beyond that, I have a few other resources that I have found helpful. You know, our family's number one resource has been the library. And I that sounds almost cliche, but our children's education has been so deeply enriched by the books that we have found there. Yeah. So I recommend that parents, you know, first get acquainted with their library's foreign language collection. And in doing that, you may have to be a little more proactive than normal. Okay. So like one thing you could do is to ask your library staff if they have anyone who works there who's a native speaker of that language. And of course, you know, don't forget that even if your library doesn't have a huge collection of physical books, they may have a great collection of foreign language titles available through their electronic services. So we have actually checked out a lot of our, for our Spanish audiobooks through both Hoopla and Overdrive. So if your library has subscriptions to any sort of services like that, be sure to check them because they often have resources available that are simply, you know, either too expensive to purchase as physical copies or or out of print or something like that. But they would have them on those electronic resources. Even if your local library doesn't have a particularly extensive collection, there is an online resource called the International Children's Digital Library. And that they offer over 4,000 books in 59 different languages that you can read online for free. So that can be another great resource for you to find something, particularly if your children are studying 
a language, you know, other than Spanish or French or kind of, you know, the big romance languages. Okay, this is this reminds me, we had Amy Commerce on an earlier episode of the podcast. I can't remember which number it is now, but we'll link to it in the show notes. She's a youth services librarian. And we were talking about how we as parents can make better use of our libraries. And one of the things she said was the digital collections or the digital offerings your library has. I mean, libraries are, are spending a lot of their resources on getting these great digital resources, you know, the offerings for us. But because we don't see them, like when you walk into the library, you know, it's not there on the shelf. Sometimes we don't know they exist. So don't forget the whole digital collection or resource collection. I didn't even know about the one that you just mentioned. What was that one called again? So that one is called the International Children's Digital Library. Cool. Okay. You know, my final suggestion would be that if you have money to invest in purchasing some foreign language books, maybe easier for you to purchase them directly from children's publishers who specialize in publishing books in that language because they often have their sites arranged in ways that are more intuitive for parents to use. So for instead of wading through a huge collection of books that may be at all different levels of proficiency or age appropriateness, you can sort their books by you know age or like the level of difficulty of the book as well as by theme or genre. So I have a post on my blog actually about where to find those children's publishers so that you can get easy access to foreign language books, because that's some, that's something that we as a family have had to exert a little more effort in to be able to find like high quality literature that we want to purchase, but that we also want to make sure is, is within, you know, the interests of our son. Okay, that's perfect. And I'll make sure we have a link in the show notes to that blog post so everyone can find that because that sounds really helpful. Can you tell us what some of your favorite books are for getting started with language learning at home? Absolutely. So like I said earlier, for beginning language learners, I love starting with simple picture books. So think back to those, you know, first board books that you read with your kids, things like Brown Bear, Brown Bear, What Do You See? You know, just like those are excellent for teaching the rhythm and vocabulary and grammar of the English language to your child, reading those in a foreign language will reinforce all of those things in the new language as well. And most of Eric Carl's books in particular are available in many different translations. So those are a great one to start with. And many of all in addition, many of his books are available as audiobooks. So that's a great support for parents who don't speak the language that their children are studying. Huh. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. And I also love to start kids with books of simple children's poetry, like nursery rhymes or more like simple nature focused poetry or animal poetry things that will help your child become more comfortable with the language. So for Spanish learners, the author Jose Luis Orozco Mm -hmm. is like a classic in kids' literature and kids' music in Spanish. And he has a book of traditional songs and poetry that's called De Colores. And it's beautifully illustrated and has a CD that accompanies it as well. So that you can hear him read the poems that he has written, as well as the music that he's written. And that's that's a really good like entry point for any Spanish learner. Yeah, it sounds like it. And then you could put it in the car too. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And there's a a similar book. It's for French learners. It's called Une, Deux, Trois, First French Rhymes. Okay. Which is a good introduction to that language, which has the same kind of genre of nursery rhymes and like simple children's poetry to get kids used to the sound of the language and help them to have that first exciting experience of, listening to something in the foreign language and realizing, 
hey, I understand this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And then it just takes down the whole intimidation factor, right? It's Oh, I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For intermediate level students, so students, children who've been studying language for maybe two years and have tried to like consistently practice that language, you could go for more sophisticated picture books like Translations of Love You Forever or Harold and the Purple Crayon. Those have the benefit of using a text that your child is familiar with and which pictures to support their comprehension, but uses more sophisticated grammar vocabulary. So they are being challenged, but they don't feel completely out of their element with that kind of read aloud. Perfect. Especially if it's something that they're familiar with, like you said. Yeah. Like you said, you're not getting distracted or kind of caught up in the narrative. You know that. So now you just get to focus on the actual language. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so, and for advanced language learners, so if you have children who've studied a language for a while, there are Magic Treehouse books. Oh, uh, yay. You know, I know, you know, Mary Pope Osborne has been translated into more than 30 languages. That's amazing. Yes. So we actually listen to, well, we listen to those in our house. I'm undertaking an extremely long project of recording those books in Spanish for my son to listen to during his rest time. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a little intense, but he loves, he is obsessed with those books. So I want to capitalize on his love of them and his, and really like get him the maximum kind of language input by doing that. So I've been working on my Annie and Jack voices and I think they're pretty good at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We never get tired of Annie and Jack at our house. So <laughs> That's awesome. I know. They're so amazing. And you know, for language learners, it's they're actually the books are really neatly arranged because they're so thematic. So your child will learn like so much about vocabulary related to the Middle Ages by listening to, you know, Christmas in Camelot or by reading the Christmas in Camelot book in the foreign language. So I, I think it's that's actually really nice that those books are arranged in that way. Well, that makes a lot of sense because then you have a lot of Christmassy vocabulary that's naturally occurring in the story, right? Without having to do I mean, so much more interesting than a, just giving a student a list of vocabulary words and without the context for making it matter, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this is so fun. I'm totally inspired. And so I'm going to be going to my library, <laughs> talking to my librarian. If people want to explore language learning at home more after listening to this episode, where's the best places to find you? The best places to find me are on Twitter. And my handle is langs at home. So L-A-N-G-S at home on Twitter. And you can also either follow my Facebook page, which is just language learning at home to keep you updated on the latest blog posts. Or you can join the Facebook community that I've started, which is called the language learning at home community. And we have a group of parents there who are learning all different languages from Chinese to Mandarin to Vietnamese and sharing tips and resources about what they have found that's worked for them to educate their children in a foreign language at home. This is all so helpful. Thank you so much for taking the time to come talk to us. We'll make sure we visit your your site. I'm inspired to put some books on the le- you know on hold at the library and visit your resources and start bringing in some more books in foreign languages to my home. I think this is going to be fantastic and I hope our listeners are inspired too. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Sarah. Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. This is my favorite part of the podcast. 
where kids tell us about their favorite stories that have been read aloud to them. My name is Melissa, and my favorite book is Peter Rabbit. I like it because he always gets into trouble. My name is Diego, and I am 12 years old, and I live in the state of Minnesota, and my favorite book is Aragon by Christopher Paolini. And my favorite part is when Aragon's big jewel turns out to be a dragon's egg and when he kills the Urgles. My name is Trun and I'm nine years old and I live in Minnesota. My favorite book is The Hobbit and I like about it when Bilbo Baggins tricks Gollum with the riddles and gets the magic ring. My name is Jamie and I am six years old and I live in Minnesota and... My favorite book is Charlotte's Web. My name is Raya, and uh, I'm four, and I live in Minnesota, and I love Puss in Boots because the cat told the other. The ogre? Is that the little kid? Oh, are you talking about John? Yeah. Oh, okay. So the cat told John what? Uh, he said, bathe. And then he said, why? That's going, go. Because <laughs> he told him to go bathe in the river? <laughs> yeah. Is that your favorite part? Yeah. What's your name? Daddy. How old are you, Carson? Three. Three. And where do you live, Carson? And what is your favorite book? Pooh. Pooh? Why is Pooh your favorite book? I like him. Who's your favorite? Pooh. Pooh. Pooh by Pooh. My name is Kinley. I'm six years old. I live in Batavia, Illinois. My favorite book is Treasure of the Snow because Danny's leg got healed. My name is Caleb. I am nine years old. I live in Batavia, Illinois. My favorite book is Green Amber because of the sword fighting and heroic deeds. Hello, my name is Grayson. I am five years old. And my favorite book is Dick and Jane because Jane's brother steals a blue pack and hides it on a tree. Hi. My name is Chloe, and I'm five years old, and I live in Missouri, and my favorite book is My Watch in the Wardrobe, and one of my favorite parts, these kids live in this house, and them and them discovered this wardrobe, and the wardrobe had this town called Narnia, and them discovered Ryan, his name was Aslan. Bye! My name is Ellie. I am eight years old and I am from Kyle, Texas. And my favorite mystery, well, audiobook is The Boxcar Turn, The Pizza Mystery. And I recommend it because of the song and because of the ending. And my favorite character is Jesse. It's just so good. And I recommend it to kids because of that. All right. That's awesome. Thank you, kids. I always love to hear your recommendations and I love hearing your voices. If your kids would like to be featured on the Read Aloud Revival podcast, go to readaloudrevival.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll see where they can leave a message. 
We actually play every message that we receive there in the order it's received. You can coach your kids through it. You can help them. You can tell them what to say if they're really little. (laughs) Or your kids can write it all out and read it. It's totally fine. We can clean it up in editing. And we love to hear from your kids. Don't forget to snag your free book list at readaloudrevival.com or by texting the word books to the number 345-345. Until next week, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. Thank you.